0: From activism to entertainment, health to nightlife, profiles and courage to travel, and so much more. This is The Jeff Hawker Show, LGBTQ news and lifestyle conversation for the Coachella Valley region. Here's Jeff Hawker. Welcome, everybody,
1: to the launch of The Jeff Hawker Show. What better way to start off our program but be in the heart of the gay universe? on castro street in san francisco i'm here right in front of the infamous or famous castro marquee where the castro theater is and boy san francisco is coming back to life a little due to the COVID violent COVID virus and the pandemic things shuttered they kept closing down then there was demonstrations now little by little restaurants are coming back to life and it's so exciting to see everybody out and about in the city of San Francisco. And i uh, love to invite to my show, John McMullen. How are you doing today, John? Hi,
2: Jeff. Good.
1: Can you hear me okay? Is everything not yeah. too much yeah. ambient noise? No, just keep the
2: wind at bay.
1: <laughs> Literally, I hope everybody can visualize where I am, where that humongous... LGBTQ flag is flying right at the corner of Castro and Market Street. And uh, like I said, you know, all the restaurants now, they've closed some of the streets in the Castro area, especially on 18th Street, and allowed the restaurants, just like they do in Palm Springs now, to build their restaurant out into the street and into the areas where it used to be parking spaces. And, uh, you know having come to, having lived in San Francisco for so many years and seeing how vibrant it is, it's it's just really a shame to see that, you know, things were shut down for so long, you know, especially when you go to like Union Square and, and different areas, especially where there were shopping districts. So many stores have closed and, you know, we just hope things come back. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, John, it's like, During this period of time, we see so many of these major brands going out of business. This might be the perfect opportunity for small boutique stores to come back and be vibrant again.
2: Yep, it sure is. I think that this is, uh, you know, that there there are many downsides to the whole pandemic and the crisis that it's caused on so many fronts, health and economic wise, but. But it may be one of those things that really brings people's innovative skills, people who've maybe had a passion all their life to do something and they found themselves out of work. And that passion is driving them to do uh, exciting new things for commerce and uh, giving an opportunity to mom-and-pop businesses all over the country to, to make a comeback. Yeah, you know, and at
1: first I you look at the restrictions that the state and the county have put on bars to serve food, but then you think more deeply that it really is helping the adjacent restaurants, restaurants in that area to serve food and have them work together and brand together. And like you said, I think it's going to start a whole new period of entrepreneurship where businesses are coming together, they're working together because they need to survive. I mean, through this period of time. We all look at what our situation is, and we're all trying to figure out how to survive.
2: Well, how vibrant is the Castro community now? Well,
1: you know, there has been some long-term bars that have closed. Badlands, that had been there for 43 years, uh, just shuttered and is not planning on reopening. But then you have a bar like the Stud, also around for about that same period of time where all it's that was one of those businesses where a lot of the bartenders got together and they they built a consortium and they all were owner/bartenders and they've decided that you know they shuttered that location down um south of market but what they're going to do now is they're looking for a new location and keep that brand alive which You know, San Francisco, one of the reasons why people come to the city is that heartbeat that really drives, you know, restaurants, nightclubs, shopping, you know, all those great reasons and the extreme diversity that San Francisco brings with it. Such an exciting place to be.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, interesting, too, because uh, it's, it's a city where there are many very progressive uh, companies, including uh, one that made news this past week, which is Old Navy. And uh, I believe that they're going to allow their employees to go and work in uh, uh, polling stations as volunteers on Election Day to make sure that things go right.
1: Yeah, um, Old Navy is, you know, part of the whole brand of The Gap, and that's owned by the Fisher, you know, uh, I can't remember their first names, but the Fisher family. And they have always been very progressive as it relates to diversity and making sure that they're on the forefront of working with the community. Um, An interesting thing i got to tell you, John, before I forget, you know, this whole hair gate just recently came out with Nancy Pelosi. Right. So we went, we went down on Union Street, and we found the salon that she went into. And I have to tell you, here, here is the speaker of a house, and it is the smallest little dinkiest salon you could ever imagine. It is so like nondescript from the outside, but here it's created this buzz that's going around the world. And then right after that, we went to go see Nancy Pelosi's house— she lives not five blocks from there at the corner of Broadway and I forget the other street. I don't want to give away where exactly she lives, but kind of a nondescript house. Beautiful big house on, you know, in the, um, uh, what's, I was going to say Hunter's Point, but that's not it. Where all the big mansions are in San Francisco. Um, the district that's just right above Union uh, Street. But, you know, it was just... That's the one of the things that's really neat about San Francisco is there's all those little rich stories that you find out about, and you want to go look at that house or that location, and uh, you know get the true vibe of what's going on.
2: Right. Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, that's going to be an interesting story as it plays out too, because the uh, the stylist who actually cut the House Speaker's hair. Uh, is now engaging in litigation against the owner of that salon who uh, tried to make a big deal out of nothing with the release of that video.
1: Yeah, and a stylist also came out and said that many, many salons that have been shuttered through this period of time have done that, have had people come in the back door and still service their clients. I mean, again, everybody's just trying to figure out ways to survive. You know, Many times I talk to people that I know in Palm Springs and they say that they didn't get unemployment. They didn't get the you know the grant checks from Riverside County. And so they're really struggling to survive. So what do you do when you don't get the help you need? You've got to figure it out. And thank goodness that things are now starting to open up and and people don't have to do that. But, you know, it's still a struggle. Gyms are still not open. All those trainers, all those people that. You know, rely on that livelihood are are still out of work, and I have to tell you, it aggravates me when I hear uh, all our our politicos say, "Oh, well, people just you know want to stay home; they don't want to work." Well, that's not true. People want to work. They want to get tips. They want to feel proud about what they're doing. And quite frankly, you know, that additional period of time where they got that $600 check was a very, very short period of time. So it's not like it's really giving them enough money to live on.
2: Well, and it's not that much money to begin with when you really think about how much it is. And, and uh, I have faith that the... Uh, Democratic caucus of our United States Senate will continue to put the pressure on along with the majority in the House to get some of that relief and to make it retroactive for people who were getting that and have not been able to receive anything now for many weeks. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, guns to the foreheads of our national lawmakers when they reconvene in session here in uh, in less than a week.
1: Yeah, you know, can you believe it with multiple crises going on that they're out on vacation?
2: I think there should have been absolutely zero vacations and zero receipt of any checks or benefits to any of those lawmakers while the American people are suffering big time.
1: Right. Well, and getting back to the topic of the LGBT community, you know, that's one of the things that i it's really hard for me to believe when this administration actively says they're one of the most pro-LGBTQ administrations ever <laughs> when, they, when they are constantly hitting, hitting the community left and right. You know, our, our dear transgender friends, which, you know, Riverside County has one of the highest uh, rates of residents of transgender people in California. And you know they're constantly struggling and constantly being bombarded by, you know, attacked if they're in the military, have trouble getting jobs, you know, their their ability to uh, get health care. I mean, all those things that are a matter of life and death. They are constantly being bombarded. And hey, Jeff. Just, It makes me sick.
2: Have you seen the newest TV ad that was put together by, or maybe it's just for the Internet, but it's a video ad put together by the Biden campaign, which they got out in the last uh, day or so, and it has veterans who are uh, and and active-duty members of the military uh, who are responding after sitting and watching a video of all these different things where the president has said and done various things. And I was very happy to see that the campaign included openly transgender uh, service members or former service members speaking about the reality of what they've had to go through and the sacrifice, like all people who wear the American uh, uniform uh, in service of our defense, uh, have endured at the hands of this president.
1: Yeah, it's it's shocking, to say the least. And, you know, when I see that the administration— you know um, what's his name? Charles Grinnell. Is that his name? The the gentleman who I, I believe lives in the Coachella Valley is and one of the most anti LGBT people who is actually a gay person has been actively undermining every piece of legislation to support and um, be there for the LGBT community.
2: That's disgusting. Isn't, isn't
1: his name Charles Grinnell?
2: I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I wouldn't keep friends like that, so I wouldn't know.
1: No. You, you know, it's like you go back to the whole adage. It's like, gay Republicans? Wait a second. That's a concept.
2: Look, I understand people who um, share some of the interests of those people who are um, Republican for issues of, of uh you know various public policy when it comes to money and and so on and so forth but when it comes to voting and harming uh, against your own community, it makes me shake my head yeah, unbelievable
1: Well you're listening to The Jeff Hawker show and we'll be back in a few minutes so stay tuned we've got lots more to talk about desert AIDS projects cinema a diverse. And much, much more. John McMullen will continue in our conversation.
0: Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff.
1: Well, I wish every I wish I had a visual for everybody of my shirt right now because it says vote Biden. Human Rights Campaign. And a little bit earlier, I was standing in front of and shopping in the Human Rights Campaign store on Castro Street, which is Harvey, the location of Harvey Milk's camera shop from way back when. And it's just so great to see it's utilized for something that's helping the entire community. And if you've not visited that location before, it's right on Castro Street past 18th Street. And what's great about it is there's a history all the way back from, like, 1850. And they summarize the reason they think that it became such a gay mecca is, you know, when the gold rush happened, San Francisco was 90% men. And even back that far, they uh, were doing drag shows and female impersonator shows, and everybody was loving it. And that's what really grew into the whole vaudeville feeling for San Francisco. So I, I know you enjoy those drag shows, John.
2: Some of them, for sure. You know, it's been 42 years this coming November uh, 27th since Harvey Milk was uh, sadly was slain.
1: Unbelievable. You know, I have to tell you a story. Uh, now that you brought that up, I was in a friend's house. Well, let's, let's start back. I, you know, as part of the Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast in San Francisco or in Palm Springs, and the next day I flew to San Francisco, and a friend of mine says, "Jeff, come here," and he said, "Look at this newspaper." He has one of the newspapers from that day. It says Harvey Milk and George Moscone slain, and then underneath of it in subtitles, it says Diane Feinstein takes over as mayor. And it has a picture of her with all the press around her, and she was actually in the room right after uh, Harvey Milk was killed and tried to keep him alive. You know, it's just really amazing. It's so vivid. The memories of that day still that long ago.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's a uh, it's a terrible tragedy, and uh, he, was an, he, he was a he was a great man, and sadly. Uh, you know, he's not here to see the progress that we have enjoyed today, but much of that has been because of the the attention that that horrific act by Dan White against he and uh, George Moscone uh, brought upon this nation and this, you know, and in particular the community of San Francisco. But but so yeah. much has been done because of how we've been able to grow from that experience. Well, and
1: I'll tell you, I moved to San Francisco in 1979. And shortly thereafter is when the verdict came down for Dan White, the Twinkie verdict. And he ended up only getting like two years in prison. And let me tell you, the city went nuts. And there was demonstrations all over the place. And that's when I think it was 45 police cars got burnt. You know, what people don't realize is when things like that happen sometimes you get so overwhelmed that violence just becomes spontaneous and it's not like you're trying to destroy property it just it envelops you and it's part of what's going on at that moment and i do not condone violence in any way but you have to understand that sometimes it just happens yep
2: Yes. Have you have you
1: have you been around demonstrations, John, when all of a sudden spontaneously something happens and you're kind of like, maybe I shouldn't be here right now.
2: Yes, I have.
1: (laughs) You know, in my early days in San Francisco, I was part of ACT UP and, you know, we closed the Golden Gate Bridge and the, uh, the Bay Bridge and closed highways and all that stuff. And back in that in those days when you see all of your friends dying from HIV AIDS, you don't know what else to do but make yourself known, you know, and everybody just took to the streets. And I'll tell you, all that's going on now with the demonstrations across the United States, it's exactly what people need to be doing because they've got to get their voices heard. Yep. I think it's crucial for this point in our history. And, and I love all the dialogue that's happening with the police departments, the mayors, the governors, you know, the, the activists. They're all kind of trying to figure out what, where are we going to go from here? And that's why I'm such a big supporter and donor to Biden and Harris's campaign, because they have a vision for what's going to happen in the future as far as race relations. They really want to work diligently because I'll tell you, from all the way from police reform to prison reform to, to going into communities and help rebuilding parks and, and providing job opportunities is how we change the future. And you can do that in a way like Biden's been talking about where alternative fuels, wind power solar power all those kinds of things it's going to make it work so coming up in our next segment john and i are going to talk about cinema diverse of course that is the lgbt film festival here in palm springs and we're going to talk about the desert aids walk this year it's going to be a little bit different a little bit virtual and a little bit in person you are listening to the jeff hawker show on ihub radio
0: Live from Palm Springs, the desert cities, A to Z on LGBTQ. This is the Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I just wanted to close out our conversation that John and I were talking about with, you know, politics and how it's used to be divisive. One of the things that I'm really happy to see with um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is they are already working on their transition team, predicting that they're going to win. Of course, everybody likes to predict they're going to win. Who knows? Um, Of course, being an openly gay person myself, I would like to see them win, because they are forming the most diverse team that any president has ever done. Uh, They're taking uh, a lead from some of the people that were in the Obama administration uh, with Susan Rice. And also, Biden just announced that Pete Buttigieg is also going to be on that transition team as well. Very young, vibrant, and well-educated, and well-versed, and a veteran, which I'm so so excited about.
2: You know, something I think that a lot of people forget about, too, even in our own community, is well before President Obama uh, took the big step, uh, Mr. Biden uh, was the person who— really first pushed the matter of marriage equality on uh, on that administration's agenda, because he was the one who came out first saying that he has supported uh, equality in that regard. Most
1: definitely. And, you know, he had a lot of LGBT people on his campaign, and also in the White House. A lot of his staff were openly right. gay, and, you know— I'll tell you, when I see these pictures of the current administration, when they're standing and they're all old white men, I think this does not represent the United States of America. You know, I'm sitting here on Castro Street in San Francisco, and, you know, just within five minutes, I've probably seen 30 different nationalities. And it's so important that our Native American community are— African American community, our Asian American community are all well rese- represented in the next administration, so that we really get a depth of who we are as a people, and we start figuring out some of these long-term, you know, really big issues that we've we've held off for so long. And I think now is the time. So I'm very excited about that. Segwaying into, you'll probably get a lot of political. Uh, movies in this year's cinema diverse festival uh it's coming up september 11th through the 30th um and you know what they've done this year is i don't know if you've seen john but the cultural center has set up a drive-in movie theater over what's known as the camelot theater and you can go you can enjoy a movie you can enjoy the concessions uh, you can use their facilities one thing i'd I must say, though, is because of you sitting in a vehicle, they will not be selling alcoholic beverages. The ABC kind of frowns on that, but it's great because you can, they have one of the best popcorns in the Valley or any of the movie theaters, and just an incredible staff who really makes it seamless when you go to the events at the Cultural Center. So, the, uh, one of the opening um, films that they have for the festival is a movie called Out of Body. And let me just give you a little synopsis. It's Halloween night, and Malcolm is at his friend Henry's house for his annual Halloween party. Everything is fine until Malcolm gets possessed by a demon, leaving his spirit trapped in Henry's house. With the help of a spirit guide, Henry casts a spell that allows him and only him to see Malcolm's ghost, convinced that lingering spirits must complete some unfinished business. Malcolm thinks he is hopeless, romantically in love with Henry. After hilarious series of misadventures, Henry and Malcolm come out and their long-hidden passion is shown on the screen. So, you know, I don't know, John, have you been to many of the cinema-diverse festivals over the years?
2: Only one, actually.
1: It's it's just one of those experiences that you gotta do because there's films from all over the world. Um, you know, of course the international films are subtitled, but it just gives you that depth of cinema that you don't see in mainstream movie theaters. You know, you don't, you don't see the the depth of character characters that they have in the LGBT community. You know, it's, the gay people are, are not portrayed as, you know, the stereotypical type of characters that you see in, you know, major films today. That's changing, but it's just so great to, to be a part of that. Um, so it, here's, here's the way it works for the drive-in movie. So they have the screen and what you can do is you can pay a small fee and you get your little radio and you can put it in your car or they have a sound system there. Um, you can like be on your tailgate and you know kind of experience the whole cinema feel to it. Um, but, or you, or you could pay the couple bucks and have it in your car. Because we know in the summer months, especially with what we've been experiencing, you may want to have your car running and the air conditioning running. Because let me tell you, it doesn't seem like it's going to cool off anytime soon. As, as, did Charlie give us an update for this week? John,
2: I'm sorry. What's that, Jeff?
1: Did Charlie give us an update on where the weather is going to be this week for the opening of the film festival? I think it's still going to be pretty hot.
2: Well, it's going to be pretty hot. It's going to get down to I think about 102 during the week. Uh, Actually, uh, Jeff, uh, news flash for you, Ryan Harris, our new weekend news anchor, uh, but uh, and he'll have another look at the weather here coming up uh, about three minutes after, five minutes after the hour. But um, I, I did want to. Uh, share, though, that even though we're going to get down to around 102 middle of next week, it's going to head back up towards closer to 110 at at, uh, the week's end again. I don't like hearing that. Sorry about that. (laughs) But at least you're not here for 122 today.
1: Yes. Okay, so one of the other great films that's going to be playing at the festival is called Breaking Fast, and this is the story of Nora Burns, who's an award-winning and long-running woman show. one show. One-woman show, David's Friend, is captured by documentary duo David Ebersole and Todd Hughes as the Cavern Club Theater at Casitas del Campo in Silver Lake. The film tells the story of a crazy platonic love affair between a woman and her gay best friend in 1980s New York City. How great is that? You can go back to the 80s. A Restless City During a Restless Time. It's a comic odyssey about cruising, disco, drag queens, strippers, sex, love, and all the rest. Doesn't that sound like the gay community? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) A little bit of everything. So um, if you want more information, what you can do is you can go uh, to the PSCulturalCenter.org website. And click on Cinema Diverse. It's the 13th anniversary edition. And again, it's going to be streaming on their pop-up movie screen. You'll be able to enjoy all the concessions that you've loved at Camelot Theater over the years. And also use their restroom facilities while you come to the show. Big kudos out to Tim Rains, who is the media contact there. And Michael Green, who is the festival director um, so, again, for more information, go to PSCulturalCenter.org.
2: Are you a film buff? Are you and Charlie really into film? Yeah, we enjoy a lot of film. In fact, uh, you know, um, Daryl McDonald, who passed away in the last couple of weeks, so we were just uh, yeah. talking about him not too long ago. Daryl, uh, who is uh, op- was an openly gay man and who was not only the guy who really took the film festival, uh, the main film festival here in Palm Springs, the PS. Film Festival, International Film Fest, uh, into uh, the stat- stratosphere that it went into. He also built and did the same thing for many, many years with the Seattle International Film Festival, making that one of the five best in the United States of America, too. And, and what a loss it was to have a guy who always incorporated so much uh, queer cinema into uh, that festival as well.
1: Were you in Seattle at the time Daryl was running that festival?
2: yes. Charlie and I actually used to uh, both attend the festival up there, which was like a month-long affair.
1: Well, like I said, you know, it's so great to get the community together in this profoundly important performing arts, you know, medium of gay film. You know, and, and it brings lesbians and gay men together. It brings... Cross cultural of every different nationality you could ever imagine, bringing it all together. And i that's what life is about,
2: you yeah. know, enjoying I tend performing to watch,
1: arts and being passionate about it.
2: I tend to watch a lot of independent LGBTQ films uh, on services like Netflix and Amazon Prime. Well, I'll tell
1: you, Netflix has really taken the art form to the next level. And, and brought these films to such a wide base of people that, you know, I think that as we go through time, you know, gay and lesbian people will be much more accepted into the world at large. You know, we still fight against um, draconian laws in so many countries around the world. You know, in, in many countries you can still be killed or stoned just for letting somebody know that you're gay and hello it's the diversity that you bring to a community that makes it worth living.
2: Yeah. You know Jeff I was thinking not that long ago about the fact that uh, it used to be that GLAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation every year would send out or publish this list of all of the characters that were LGBT or Q you know and and that's not a big thing anymore because we are so omnipresent in mainstream productions of of uh, fictional uh, stuff that we see in the theater and on television. And also, I mean, in the non-fictional world of where we get our news and other, you know, live uh, uh, current events programming. So uh, the whole we are everywhere, it, it really doesn't require uh, an organization like that to put out a list. Now it would be volumes, I think. And that's great, great progress in just 20 years.
1: Well, and, you know, getting back to Harvey Milk, that's what he used to tell everybody is come out, let them know that we're everywhere. You know, because people go, oh, I don't know any gay people. And then as people started coming out, they were their architect, their realtor, their you know, preacher, they're, you know, everywhere that they looked, there were LGBT people. And, you know, that's one of the things that people find easy to discriminate against somebody that they don't know. But when somebody is in their life and they're a part of their life, it gets much harder to discriminate. And that's why it's important to have diversity across the board.
2: Yes, indeed, and uh, and that is part of the reason we felt that you know it would be a great thing to add an LGBT-specific program to the uh, iHub Radio lineup this fall, so I'm glad you're here doing this now. Well, and I'll, t- I'll tell you, as soon
1: as I announced it on my Facebook page, I started getting all kinds of people wanting to be on the show. That's great. So I've got a long list of people already. So when we come back, We're going to talk a little bit about the Desert AIDS Walk that's taken a new form this year. And then I'll touch a little bit on uh, what, what we're doing with the United Nations Association of the Coachella Valley. John will return with me. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio.
0: Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. Boy, we do bring a lot of diversity, so
1: you must be the queer one and I'll, I'm the gay one.
2: Are you talking to me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings up a really good topic. You know, through... Years and years and years, people used to use the word queer as a derogatory term at gay people. Right. And the way they took it and empowered themselves, they came up with the slogan, I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. And... No longer could anybody use that term against them as being derogative. And, and I know other communities have done the same thing. It's really important when you're being attacked and you feel like you can't go on is to empower yourself and your community to band together. You know, again, as Harvey always used to say, you know, you're stronger together than you are individually and so that's why the gay community has always rallied around its own people, and really gone past the struggles that they've experienced in in many ways. You yeah. know, it's like we said, through housing, through uh, through work you know, just through their families. Right. Well, um, Jeff,
2: I know you mentioned earlier, and we've only got a few minutes left in this show today, yeah. um, that you wanted to talk a little bit about what's happening in terms of the pride activities this year in Palm Springs and the fact that there will be some stuff happening. But I, I had Ron DeHart on the show with me uh, on my show on uh, Friday afternoon, and we got a chance to hear s- some more about that. But, um, but it sounds to me like there's going to be – uh, some things that will happen, but you know, some of it's going to be virtual. Some of it will be uh, in person, but again, will be socially distanced for safety and, and that kind of thing. So um, it's nice that it's not going to all go away, but one thing that's really important is for people to remember, the this organization, which also does a lot of other things like the Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast and other events throughout the year, is being hard hit like so many nonprofit organizations by not having the usual sources for income to come in to keep them going all year long and we want them to be around next year in 2021 when things hopefully are back to normal too so it's important that people remember to support the organization even though we can't be there and do a bunch of stuff in person like we have in past years it's hard to believe it's only well less than two months away now
1: yeah and the slogan this year is light up the night and one of the concepts that Ron came up with is instead of having a walking parade is have everybody in their cars and you know just drive along a particular route and there you know you can space people out along the route if you want to give money to the Greater Palm Springs Pride organization you can go to pspride.org and you can give to any number of different programs like you said Ron is also the chair of the Palm Springs Human Rights Commission. So they work really diligently to make sure that the city follows its guidelines and its bylaws of of ways to support its own community. Right. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about uh, is the Desert AIDS Walk. Um, It's going to be happening this year on two days, Saturday, October 23rd and Sunday, October 24th. And the way they're going to do it this year is there's going to be a a virtual component online, a virtual trade show. You know, in the past, they've done like this conference type of feel to it where all the different organizations, LGBT organizations, have had booths at the park. This year, it'll be all online. Those different organizations will create videos, and we'll do one for iHub Radio as an LGBT-owned organization, and and talks about the products and services that they offer. Then, what they're gonna be doing is, uh, it's six different parks throughout the Coachella Valley, as far away as Indio and as close as Palm Springs. People can actually go to the park on those days and we'll have more information as it gets closer. The official launch is gonna take place next week and I'll have information about where, which park, what time you get there and how you register The website is desertaidswalk.org. And uh, if you want to be a participant or you want to be a sponsor or you want to be somebody, a business that is part of the trade show component, send me an email, JeffHawker one at gmail.com or Hawker at ihubradio.com. And uh, we'll get your information and we'll send it over to DAP. You know, DAP has really transitioned their whole business model during this whole COVID period. And they created a a COVID triage clinic where they've serviced over 3,000 residents over the past few months.
2: Well, that's a lot of people.
1: That's a lot of people, you know, because you have to figure it's not just, you know, treating the people with, you know, different antibiotics and stuff like that. It's also helping get them, if they don't have medical insurance getting them in some type of program so that it can take care of them if they end up in the hospital. Um, th- their website is desertaidsproject.org. And again, this is the 34th annual Desert AIDS Walk. Man, it's been a lot of fun over the years. Um, you know, I'm a member of the Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus. and many years, we've sang, we've walked. I know the Desert Winds Freedom Band is usually on the route. And I'm sure some of those little fun things will still be part of the program. It just will be mandatory masks, social distancing, and everything that comes with the restrictions and the guidelines that Riverside County and the state has during this COVID pandemic.
2: And we want to remind everybody that the sooner we get all of this together and, you know, we're able to make this work for um uh, everyone by by bringing down those numbers, the sooner we get out of the purple and we get to open up more things, including the gyms and so on and so forth. So everybody's got oh. to do their part to keep that distance.
1: And please wear your mask. It is definitely confirmed by every health expert that it can save your life. If everybody's wearing a mask, the transmission chances are so low they're saying that you know you're really really giving yourself a leg up if you wear a mask anytime you're outside or anytime you're in a, a retail store or you know a Costco or anywhere so just please just do it we don't need any more karens
2: no no more karens that's for sure
1: <laughs> although i have to tell you john i really enjoy watching those videos because You just think, what is going through this person's mind at this particular time when they're trying to walk into a Walmart that has a mandatory mask restriction, and they're telling him, I have my rights. And they said, well, this is a private store and we have regulations. And rights. (laughs) as well."
2: Well, Jeff, it's been fun. We'll see you again next week. It's
1: been a blast. Thank you, John, for joining us on the show today. And make sure you
2: tune in. Uh, John, what are are the other days that it repeats? I don't have it right here right now, but you can always check it at iHubRadio.com. Click on the schedule page from our menu in the upper left corner, and you'll find it right there.
1: Check out the website anyway before all the great new shows. Thank you for listening to Jeff Hawker Show, and I'll see you soon, John.